This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Hey, families. I am so excited to record this episode today with Terry all about how we can take a break from using threats in our daily parenting walk. So if you're wondering what I mean by threats, I mean the classic if-then statements that families really often rely on, and it's a pattern that often creates strain in relationships and a feeling of frustration and irritation and blame within parents. So here at Fresh Start Family, we love supporting parents with other options, other ways to influence their kids so they don't have to be doing the threats all day long because a lot of times, as you guys know, those threats are empty, right? Those threats are empty. We don't carry through with them because we don't feel good about what's on the other side, right? So when parents threaten to spank their kids or threaten to take away their their beloved toys or threaten to put them in timeout when they know they're going to tantrum in timeout. Like, none of us want to follow through with that because oftentimes we're not even sure of the compassion, of the discipline that we're using. So it just becomes this very messy thing that I find that families um, just really feel so much better when they get out of the pattern of relying on threats in their daily walk. So enjoy this episode. I think you guys will get some great value of some new ideas to put in your toolkit that will help you take a break from threats. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to today's episode where Terry and I are going to chat with you about four reasons why you want to and ways you can take a break from using threats in your family because threats are toxic and they really do um, create strains on relationship. And the good news is, is they're really not necessary for us to be strong, effective leaders in our families. What do you say, T? I love it. You good? Yeah. No, this has had a huge impact on our family. And I think back to where we were at when we were more likely to throw out threats to where we are now, and then even just like casual observation out in the world, oh my gosh, it's such a difference if you can just point yourself in this direction. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Absolutely. So the four steps that we're going to cover today are number one, how it's so important to assume the integrity in your kids. It really starts with doing that. Everything else we're going to talk about becomes so much easier when you keep that as a constant in your day-to-day parenting walk. Number two, we're going to talk about how it's so important that we keep... um, Keep in mind that our role should be to be our kid's guide, not their correctional officer. Mm -hmm. Number three, how important it is to make agreements on a daily basis with your kids, especially when when there's any type of pattern going on. And then number four, we're going to give you some new language that you can use to kind of replace the old uh, threat that many of you, when we talk about this, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I totally do that. (laughs) Uh, Once you're aware of it, 
It's like, I think so many people, including ourselves, before we were made aware of it, you walk around and you do it and you do it and you do it and you're, you don't really catch yourself. But then once you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. All right, so let's start off with this idea of assuming integrity in our kids. And this is really where, you know, this ties into the paradigm shift that we start off with in, in module one of the foundations course and in all of the teaching of positive parenting curriculum is really this idea that we have to believe <laughs> that our kids are not out to get us. I know, I know. It seems like a lot of times they they know exactly what they're doing or they know how to push our buttons or they're just trying to get something, get their way or what all that stuff. But the reality is there really is truth in this idea that um, that they're just they're just kids. They're just trying to figure out how to do this thing called life. And um, as Dr. Rudolf Dreikers uh, teaches us through the work of positive parenting, um, kids have needs just like just like adult humans beings. We're all the same. Adults, kids, we all have needs. Everybody's just trying to get their needs met. And misbehavior equals communication. They're just trying to figure out a healthy way to say, you know, hey, I need some help here, mom. And those need buckets, remember, guys, if you've heard us speak about this before, is the need to belong, the need to give love and feel unconditional love, the need to feel powerful, the need to feel valuable. Those are some of the examples of the needs, but kids really are just trying to communicate. They're not trying to be mean. They're not trying to be naughty. They're not trying to be disobedient. They're, they're, they just mess up sometimes. And they, and yes, they're supposed to push boundaries. I remember when this, um, when this topic first came up in our house and we had, you know, a little three-year-old girl and I was like, oh, she, like, she manipulates us. Yeah, yeah, that was I a word we used a lot. I, yeah. I remember the word manipulate. And I remember being like, like, she was some mastermind manipulator. <laughs> like, she had somehow, like, like, was like this conniving, you know, right. l- little crime boss or something like that. <laughs> and I think it really took understanding that misbehavior equals communication that she was just trying to communicate and yeah I think because she got a reaction out of us through certain types of misbehavior exactly it felt like it was manipulating it was just she was just learning that that was one way to get our attention yeah or that was one way to get um you know her her need met and yeah. we just had to figure out a different way or show her a different way to do it that worked for us that actually was a much, you know, uh, more pure example of like, hey, you need something. You don't have to do this to get our attention. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or to feel powerful to that feel you, powerful. you got us engaged in an argument or a volcanic meltdown. Because yeah. <laughs> as weird as it is, you guys, like, you know, it's kids will get their needs met um, through negative behavior too and negative reactions you know it's like kind of that saying of like um even bad pr is like good for a company so like any pr is good what is that saying something like that any pr is good pr it's kind of the same with kids like they don't really understand the difference uh when they're really little of like getting your needs met in a appropriate way and getting your needs met in an inappropriate way but like for example you know toddlers who are in power search stages of life they will feel powerful 
with when they get their their parents to have a strong reaction or engage in like a massive argument. And it doesn't make sense. Logically, it doesn't make sense in our adult brains. But um, it is. is, And when that becomes patterns in homes, that's where families really get into trouble is because that's that's how kids end up feeling powerful is. um, And and we just want to teach them a different way. So yeah, this whole idea of assuming integrity is really important because kids will feel this. They really will feel this when you when you up your trust of them, when you up your respect of them, they they feel it and they're more likely to behave in a, in a better way. Because remember, we always say, you know, the the more full their needs buckets are, um, the less likely they are to misbehave. So when they feel like they're valuable and when they feel like they're powerful within a family unit, um, they, they will misbehave less. So when we, again, when we up that respect and it also just feels it feels better as a parent to walk around to not think that your kids are out to get you. Well, and the opposite is true also. So if, especially if you have more than one kid and there's one who has really taken the position of, you know, I, I'm always the one who mm-hmm. does this to get attention or, you know, does the inappropriate thing to try to get your way. They start to say, okay, well, that's my role in the family. Because the parents often are like, you're always the one who does this. Why do you always do this? You are so blank. You are so this. So you actually start to label them at an early age Mm -hmm. to where that just becomes their role. And they're like, well, that's my, that's my part. That's just what I do. Yeah. Instead of saying. That's your value. That's your value. Instead of just saying, okay, I'm not going to label them that they just need some help. And I need some help as a parent to, to. Um, you know, start over here. Let's start yeah. over here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's another good episode we should record on is like, um, is resisting the urge to label, right? Cause that's yeah. really been beneficial in our own life. Once we, once we pulled back on that, cause we did use to label still as the sassy one. Sure. <laughs> so, okay. So back to assuming the integrity. So, so yeah, absolutely. And, and let's give a tangible example here. So like, if you, if you do have that one that's like always pushing back and always seems to be the one that is like pushing the boundaries and saying no and in the power struggle and getting in trouble, then you want to, you know, start seeing it as they're really struggling with their communication right now. They're really struggling to get their needs met in the, you know, the areas of how to feel powerful, how to feel valuable and how to feel like they belong in this family. And you know, as parents, we, we are doing the work. We're becoming educated on how to help this kiddo fill, the, fill those needs buckets in a healthy way, how to communicate that he needs support or she needs support in a healthy way. That's how you start to flip it and assume the integrity in kids is, is instead of like, oh, why are you always so bad? Why are you always misbehaving? Why can't you just be good? It flips as like, oh, you're just trying to figure out how to do this thing called life. You're just a kid. Yeah. You're just, you're, you have a really strong power, like a uh, desire to lead. You love being in charge. You love to feel what it feels like to like give directions and be in charge of the game on the recess, like, um, you know, blacktop, like you love that. And like, I'm going to help you figure out a way to like be in power in appropriate ways because pushing back and doing all that, like being disrespectful, that, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for you. That's not who you were designed to be. Um, that's not who you are, but it's this, it's like flipping and we're going to get into language here in a little bit, but it just starts with like, okay, he's not out to get me. And also this idea that like remembering kids just make mistakes. 
You know, like I, that, I think a good example of this would be um, Taryn and I were on a camping trip. Um, I do like a mom and son's camping group with him. It's so fun. So we have like our group is usually about like 30 to 50 moms and like, you know, a similar 30 to 50 little boys, anywhere from the age of five up to 12. And we go on like these big camping trips and um, sometimes we pitch tents, sometimes we stay in lodges. This last time we were staying in a lodge, but, um, but we were doing a scavenger hunt one night. And as you can imagine with 30 little boys in the dark, excited after a very long day of being up at 6am and this, by the time we started this scavenger hunt with them, it was like seven o'clock at night. That's a long day, right? So the boys were tired, but they were also excited because little boys never, like, never end with their energy, right? It's exciting, yeah. (laughs) So we were like, you know, the leader who's a volunteer was like trying her best to give all these, you know, all the rules and boundaries. And she had created this like amazing activity all around like dragons and these eggs were going to be hidden and like you had to find them. And there were six different teams and all these things. Um, and you could tell the little boys, they got they got put into six different groups. And you could tell they were trying to listen, but they were just being kids. Like, they were excited. It was very hard to, like, talk over this group of 50 people without a microphone and get everyone to, to understand. So long story short, we go out, and it's time to go. And one of the roles was, like, you don't, don't run and um, keep your team together. <laughs> But we didn't go through all the like, okay, everybody restate the agreement. Let's look, let's write it down. Like all the things that you probably would need to do with kids that young. We just kind of were like, hey, go for it. The leader was like, go for it. Have fun. Here's the, the basic rules. So three out of the five boys in the group that our son was in, they were older and they started to run. They were so excited. They, they, I watched them. They jumped a little teeny fence as fast as they could and they were just out of there. And I was like, and I didn't even realize in the moment that there was these two little five-year-olds straggling behind. One of them had their mom with them. And I was like, uh-oh, it happened so fast. It was like, oh no, this, oh gosh, it's pitch dark. <laughs> like, where did these boys go? Like, this is a safe, this is a safe place. It's a YMCA um, camp, so it is safe. But at the same time, it's pitch dark. And, um, and really fast, you could hear the other moms start to go into like, Oh my gosh, they purposely did this. They ran from the little boys to ditch us because they knew they were slow. And um, and the little boys started, the two little five-year-olds started to go into kind of that a little bit of like, woe is me victim mentality of like, oh my gosh, people are really mean to me. They're just being mean. We're never going to win now. We're never going to be able to be involved. And the mom was just kind of feeding into it like, yep, like this is, life's not fair. This is like, they're going to get in trouble. And it was just like this toxic, like, oh my, and so while keeping it like very healthy, I I was like the voice of like, hey guys, boys, I'm here with you. I'm going to help you. They made a mistake. They made a big mistake. They left, they left us, huh? I think what do you think? I think they were really excited. I think that they they just really wanted to find this egg. Maybe they didn't hear the rules clearly. Maybe they didn't even know that there was five on our team. Like, who knows? Like, let's let's assume the integrity and let's just get creative right now because we still have three, four of us. It was 
us two moms and these two little boys, let's just get creative and like figure out a way to make this work because it is what it is. And then when they come back, when we meet them on the deck, we'll talk to them. We'll make sure we creatively problem solve. We'll make sure they understand that this was not okay. And you could tell for them, it was hard to shift that. But for me, it's become fluent to do that. And long story short, I'm not going to tell the whole story now, but we ended up having a really good creative problem solving. Once we came back together, the boys took responsibility for their mistake. They made amends. They did a make up. They, at the end of the, the, the um, activity, the two little five-year-olds were feeling included and, and all this. And then later in the night, the, that mama came over and she gave me a big hug and she said, I'm so sorry for being so negative earlier. I, I, I shouldn't have gone into that, but I, I just, I don't know what happened, but thank you for, for keeping us um, lifted up or something like that. And I gave her a big hug and I was like, of course. But I realized that that was from fluency and assuming the integrity in, in my own kids, because it really is easy to jump to the conclusion that they meant to break the rules, that they meant to be disrespectful, that they're spoiled brats who didn't care about the little kids. Like, you know what I mean? All those things when really that, that wasn't helping anything. Like it wasn't helping. And even if they did make a mistake, well, we can talk about that, but just assume that like, if they did make a mistake, it's because they were just being kids. They, they didn't make a mistake to like be mean or push someone's buttons or like mess with you. Does, does that make sense as far as the difference? Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you. But then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you could end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle.
I was just thinking about the differences too in there. So if the main topic of this episode is all about threats, um, threats, you know, close cousin is blame. Yeah, yeah. And, and then what's on the opposite end of this that we're encouraging you to, to look at is empathy and putting yourself in someone else's shoes and staying neutral and calm. Right, right. Yeah, that's all part of the equation. So too. I think you, you saw this example where there you could start jumping to a conclusions uh-huh. and go right into threats and blame or you could stay more neutral, calm, empathize, and then you actually have a clearer vision of of what's going on. When you when you just jump to blame and threats, yeah, it usually just escalates into confrontation and and strained relationships because yeah. it could have gone there easily. Like you could tell she wanted it to go to like let's punish them, let's disqualify them. Like they're they're done, they're out, they broke the rules, and I was like a mediator of like wait 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 we don't need to do that we can work together they just made mistakes yeah they're just kids and it really worked out to be this beautiful strengthening thing instead of like this big divide like if that would have happened the next day I would have been like I don't want to sit next to you at the fire yeah <laughs> so yeah assuming the integrity I think is a great place and to there's start. still a wonderful lesson to be learned in here I think a lot of people think that it's like you're not teaching if you're not like laying down the law. There's actually right, far yeah. more teaching and connection that could happen yeah. from this mindset. So just remember this first point, assume yeah. the integrity in in the kids and in the situation that's happening. You'll see the the picture a lot more clear. Beautiful. And and just and it's a great point because at the end of that story, we want you guys want to make sure you understand when you assume integrity in kids, it like Terry said, you're still going to teach. Like I still held them accountable. I held them accountable for the mistake that they made. They had to make amends. They had to repair the relationship with these two little boys. They had to figure out a way um, instead of just a forced apology. But yeah, you are going to hold your kids accountable for things you're going to teach. But it just starts with like, hey, they're just trying to get their needs met versus they're being bad. They're yep. being naughty. They're pushing my buttons. They're trying to, t- they're blatantly disrespecting the roles. That will be toxic and draining and you won't be able to carry out any of the, the tips and guidance we teach you. That was my son. <laughs> if you guys can hear, the kids are in the other room this morning, so you can probably hear their footsteps and bickering. Occasionally a, a, a dog <laughs> bark or a, or a kid yell makes a cameo appearance on the show here. <laughs> Oh, this is real life. Okay, guys. All right. So let's move on to number two, which is, let me find my notes here. Okay. So let's talk about how important it is to solidify, um, like, you know, what we want our role to be as parents. And I think a lot of families gets kind of, uh, um, used to a pattern of being a police officer or a correctional officer in their home. And, Man, we love police officers. We love correctional officers. Like our um, brother-in-law is an incredible um, police officer, and and thank God for police officers. However, when when you when you kind of take that as your main role in the home, it really is um, really hard. It's hard on relationships, and it's and it becomes uh, much different as far as your influence over your kids and what that looks like. So we encourage you guys to see yourself as guides for your kids or, you know, things like ministers of integrity or maybe even 
facilitators of safety as opposed to like, here's the rules and I'm going to like crack the whip. I, I need to be the police officer because if I'm not, the kids will like try to get away with bloody murder. And if something goes wrong, then they're going to feel the pain and I'm going to like, I'm going to lock them up and they will learn. Like, can you guys see the difference there? Whereas a guide is like, hey, you went off path. Let me help you get back on. Like, come over here. I've got a headlight. You don't have a headlamp on. Stick with me. Maybe like hold my hand and and my headlight will help guide you. And together, um, we'll find a way off the mountain. You know, like um, in, as I said, instead of just like, um, what is wrong with you? Like you went off course and now you're going to be in big trouble. You're going to feel the pain from your mistake. So... Again, it's this is a, a really good way to to guide yourself um, to to just be clear in your role as a parent within your family. Yeah, motivation I think is at the root of this too, um, so that you know your kids can feel like they're motivated and not just being like caught doing things that they're not doing right. I mean, it's like. Again, empathizing and putting yourself into those shoes. If you worked in a workplace and there were leaders that helped guide you and to give you tools to succeed um, so that you would be motivated to do your best work versus somebody that just came around and circled all your mistakes all day long. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, you would have a different sense of worth. You'd have a different sense of your... Um, participation and your role within the organization, or in this case, the family unit, Yeah, you would just feel like, um, also, you know, everybody makes mistakes, um, but you're also going to have somebody there that can help you through that in a parent versus somebody that's just going to um, tell you what you did wrong and send you away and hope that you figure it out differently for the next time. Yeah. And as far as like facilitator, being a facilitator of safety, that's like, you know, I always think of that when our kids push back on our limit to wear their helmets, you know, like they have 10,000 helmets, like they have skateboarding, skateboarding helmets, bike helmets, scooter helmets, but they're like, I don't want to wear the helmet. (laughs) I mean, let's put this in the context though. Again, we're, we're trying to, um, talk about threats as a whole. Yeah. So all of these things, you have a choice to just sit there and say, okay, whether it's helmets or anything else that you're dealing with, I think there's this um, this traditional mindset that it's just like, well, if, you know, you put on the helmet or I'm going to take else. away this or else this or put on the helmet or your 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 iPad goes away or put on your helmet. Or I'm not going to, you're not going to get your lollipop. Well, put right. on your helmet. You're not going to like... So I think there's just this, so many, um, <laughs> I don't know, it's like you're just constantly living on the edge as a parent. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's where um, Fresh Start Family as a whole is just trying to arm you with more, you know, just more tools so that you're not just constantly living on the edge to where you're at your last straw. Yeah. I'm going to threaten. Yeah. Thre- threats, like, I mean, think about it in, again, in the context of your own life, um, it's like, you don't get to threats until you're like, you're going to throw down with somebody. <laughs> like, yeah. you're like, you're at war. So we're oh, trying to... Kids, we're it's try- like so common. <laughs> yeah. So we're just trying to um, show you that like, family life doesn't have to be a war. Yes. So yeah. take the threats out and, yeah. and, and, and think about your your situations or your pain points through through this lens. 
Yeah. And yeah. like, as far as like the facilitator of safety goes, like, you know, when you think of yourself as that role instead of the correctional officer or the police police officer to make sure that their helmets are on, it's like you are doing things because you care so much about their safety and um, you, you want them to understand how to take care of their body even when there's peer pressure and the other kids aren't wearing a helmet. Like that's, it's, it's kind of crazy, like skateboarding, our son's into skateboarding and and like mad respect to the skateboarding world, but it, there's like a there's like a cultural thing of like if you wear pads and a helmet, you're kind of a <laughs> like a wuss, right? I what think is it, that? I don't know. I think it shows it's like a underlying sense of you haven't mastered your right. your, your thing. Yeah. So it's like well. Yeah. It's so but it's hard, right? Because that you're raising these little it is boys really hard, yeah. who are like or kids, you boys, girls, um, skateboarding because it's like you want them to be able to take care like own it to take care of their own body. And um and, and that's hard, right? But that like when you're a facilitator facilitator of safety, it's like you're teaching your kids intrinsic motivation, intrinsic control, like and then yes, Taryn will make the call one day, I'm sure, to skate the park without any pads or helmet, but it's it's he's going to have years of experience of what it looked like to protect his body. But that's what I think of as like what goes through my head when I am a facilitator of safety. Whereas if I were to be like the police officer of the skate park, I would be looking to like bust people for not wearing their helmets. And then um, I would like put them out for a while. And so they felt the pain and and learn their lesson well, as opposed to yeah. teaching why you want to like protect your yourself and wear wrist guards like right. how many how many kids have we known that have broken their wrist you know so how many moms do we know has fractured their shoulder <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that story i fractured my shoulder at the skate park this last summer so wish there would have been a pad for that um you know listeners just maybe try to switch it up a little bit because i think everybody knows that feeling of what it feels like to be that correctional officer within your family unit. Yeah, we've all been there for sure. Have a little mind shift right now. Imagine yourself as the guide or the minister of safety right now. And also think about how that makes you feel. Yeah, yeah. Like it, exactly. Does that feel less stressful, I imagine? Yeah. And also when we zoom out and we think long term um, as a family unit and as relationships um, that we have with our kids, like the lasting impact that that will, will leave on our kids. Yeah. Like I think our kids in the long term will look back and be like, wow, mom really like instilled a sense of safety and fun and all of these things in me by the way that she did things. I, I want to listen to that voice in my head versus the like, oh, I'm going to get busted. Oh, <laughs> wow. I still hear my mom's voice yelling at me. <laughs> And telling me if I did this, then this would happen. Like I just, and I found ways around it because I was brilliant. <laughs> right. So, anyways, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And yeah, I lo- and I love the the safety, but then also the minister of integrity really like chi- like really hits me hard too because it's like I hear a lot of families, you know, they'll they'll give massive kudos to like the way they were raised. Again, we always like honor our parents for they did the best that they could with the tools that they had but I hear a lot of people say like oh my parents didn't take crap like my parents didn't tolerate like whatever you know stuff stuff um which is which I get it which is cool it means they stuck strong to their boundaries which we're really firm believers in here at positive parenting however my legacy that I want to create for my family is that as a minister of integrity I don't ever want to accept that my kids are living a life that is not true to who they are. 
that's where you can count on me being like a total hard ass. Like <laughs> you are not designed like you, that is not who you are. So you are not a disrespectful, um, you know, unkind, hurtful person. That's not who you are. That's not how God designed you to be. And I will hold you to a diff, like to who you are and keep guiding you back to that. So you can listen to your own heart and you can listen to the small, still voice of God. And you can know that you're living life in a way that is in integrity with who you are, like with your moral compass. That's where I want to be known to be a hard ass for my kids. Um, not because I like laid the smack down if they wouldn't wear their helmet and they felt the pain of that. It's like, I want them to know that I never, ever gave up on them. I was like a minister. We are minister, like we were ministers of integrity for our kids and we never, ever gave up on them. No matter how many mistakes they made, no matter how much they strayed from the path. So I'd like, that's a great question you pose is really ask yourself, which one makes you feel more powerful? Ask yourself that. If you own your role as a correctional officer or a police police man or woman in your home, or if you own your role as a guide for your children, as a minister of integrity and a facilitator of safety. All right. All right. We got a couple more and we'll move through. Okay. So number three is um, make agreements. So guys, we always say that um, if you're trying to pull back on the threats, you've got to really make sure it's common practice in your home to do be discussing your expectations and why boundaries exist with your kids on a daily basis, especially if there's any patterns that exist. So if night, if bedtime is always drama or if um, eating dinner is always drama or getting to school on time, whatever it is that is a pattern in your home families, that's where you want to say, all right, babe, spouse, whoever, Let's figure out a way to like find a time tomorrow to make agreements with with the kids about this. And whether that's a family meeting, which is something we teach in the foundations course, or um, you're just talking about it on the way to the grocery store before you go into the grocery store. But you want to make sure you're doing agreements. And remember, agreements are not compliance statements. So agreements are not like we're going into the grocery store and you will not beg for the candy that is purposely put at your eye level three-year-old or else, you know, you will, you know, you, something will happen. (laughs) That would be classic (laughs) threat. Or another example of what's not a compliance statement is, um, okay, we need to make an agreement. No one's going to beg for candy when we go through the checkout. Okay. Got it. Got the agreement. Does everyone get it? All right. That's not an agreement. (laughs) An agreement would be like, Hey guys, there's, sometimes we have a pattern of like, like mom's trying to do her best getting through the grocery store. And I know we have the most fun together when we're respectful and we're happy and we're joyful. And um, we have a ride home where there's not tears and meltdowns. Like, would you guys agree? Remember last week when um, like, you know, Johnny, you were like, like you were crying so so hard the whole way home and you were throwing things and you were so upset. Like, remember how awful that was, how hard that was for you, how hard that was for me. Remember when I was freaking out as I was driving, like yelling at you? (laughs) Well, let's not do that again. Like, let's make an agreement where we're going to keep to the boundaries. And mama always says like, I'm not okay buying candy at the checkout. Like, I'm happy to get you guys, um, your favorite, you know, um, veggie sticks or popcorn for your snacks at school this week. I'm happy to have you guys contribute to what we're going to have for dinner this week. I'm happy to, however, I am not okay with buying candy at checkout. And I need you guys to know that before we go in. So 
let's make an agreement that we are going to have be respectful of the rules and not tantrum or melt down so we can have a peaceful checkout and a peaceful car ride home. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. Okay, because remember, when kids are in like a, a kind of neutral state of mind, that's when they're logical. That's when they're going to be able to understand why, why healthy boundaries and rules exist. So yeah, so kids are going to be like, okay, I get it. And then the key with agreements, you guys, is you have them repeat the agreement to you. And, and bonus is if you can actually put a hand on their shoulder and look into their eyes as they repeat it to you and Double bonus is if you can say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to make an agreement with me. Together as a family, when we all take part in contributing to the peace, contributing to um, you know things going well, that's where we're really the most powerful, guys. Thank you. Thank you for taking this time to do it with me. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. And an agreement, it could take five minutes, which you're like, well, I don't have five extra minutes, but think about the the 10 minutes, the 15 minutes of, of misery. Some of these things cost you if you don't try this. Yeah. So try exactly. it. It seems like it's extra time, but it actually saves you time and misery on the flip side. It really does. And it adds to like kids feeling powerful. It adds to kids feeling like they're belonging, adds to them feeling like they're valuable. Trust me, agreements are incredible. All Um, right. What's that last up? 
Okay. Uh, help us keep from threatening. Yes. All right. So number four is create some new language. So instead of the constant if-then statement, so how many of you out there are like, oh my gosh, I do if-then statements all the time, if we're being honest, which you know here at Fresh Start Family, we love to be honest. We love to be vulnerable with each other because that's where real positive change happens. If you can say, yep, straight up, all day long, I'm, I'm giving if-then statements to my kids, which is a version of threats. Um, so the language that we're going to encourage you to use instead is, should you forget our agreement, then I think, you know, this is going to need to happen. Or then I will choose because we want to always own our stuff. Then I will choose to do this to help us learn as a family. Now, it seems like a minor shift, but I think what what we're acknowledging here is, is there actually is some talk up front about agreements and about mm-hmm. uh, an understanding that you have set in a calm neutral time so that you're not just running around just just throwing out threats and like well if you do this then that if you do this then that it's like again you're if you find yourself doing that then it's almost like you're living right on the edge at all times and what we're trying to do is get everybody several steps away from the edge so that you can have opportunities to actually just like come together, make agreements, understand one another, have a good relationship so that then if there is some mistake that happens and that's all it is, it's just a mistake. And you can be there also just to remind them if you see it about to happen and you're more of that guide, that minister and less of the like, well, I'm just here to catch you when you mess up. Yeah. Yep. And it it really is like once you get more fluent at using that language, I think everybody in the family feels more respected. And what's cool about the agreement process, guys, is you can add kind of another layer onto this. This is something we teach inside of the Foundations course. It is kind of the four-step process to setting firm limits and sticking to them consistently. So right up front, it's agreements. Then you move to empathy. You move to restating your agreement. And then you move to choices. And the last part of that equation is actually you can agree on the logical consequences which again, we teach in the foundations course as part of the compassionate discipline toolkit. But you can layer onto there like, hey, should you forget the agreement? What do you think would be a good way to learn from the mistake? If should you forget the agreement? What do you think should happen? You know, and when you again, when you talk to kids in in like neutral states, when their mind is not in that fight, flight or freeze part of their brain, that pawns area, like they're, they'll, they'll help you come up with good consequences that are related, that are like related, that teach responsibility, that makes sense. Um, And together you can come up with it as a team. So when you do have to stick to the limit and literally like push the shopping cart to the side and pick your toddler up and carrying them out, screaming and crying, you're then sticking to your limit without threatening. You're just saying, Hey, remember our agreement? It looks like you just forgot our agreement. And then follow through. Yeah, because these tools aren't to say that like kids are just going to comply, comply, comply. Because like Wendy's saying, it's like there are going to be times where you have to say, you know, it does turn ugly. But when you follow through on it, you're actually you're able to teach and and live instead of just constantly living in a state of threats. You're going to be able to have a moment where then you calm down, you talk about the mistake, yeah. you reset the agreement, and then you're going to be able to try again. So it's not to say that there isn't still going to be a mistake made. You're just going to get yourself out of this repetitive cycle of threats and being asked for candy when <laughs> you, you yeah. know you're just like, okay, I see there's a pattern here. 
let's let's change this up. Let's do this a different way. I'm exhausted being the correctional officer. My kids are probably exhausted being on the other side of this. Let's do it differently. Yeah. And yeah. and the classics like that, I know so many families are listening, like you're catching yourself going, oh my gosh, we threaten all day long. It's like, if you don't do this, you're going to get a spanking. If you do this, you're going to get a timeout. If you don't listen, then I'm going to take this away. Like how many of you are like, yeah, that's, that's our, that's how we roll. And how many of you are like, it's not working for us. It's not like the kids aren't complying perfectly and it's leaving you exhausted. And toxic and bitter and frustrated and full of blame that you have to, in air quotes. (laughs) You can't see my air quotes. So many of us, before we really become fluent in this work, it's like we think that we have to threaten our kids. And the cool thing is, you guys, is you don't. So that language, start catching yourself and really start trying on the new language. Should you forget the agreement, then this will need to happen. And the last thing I'll say about that before we sign off, Terry and I are on a mission to make our podcast episodes shorter lately, um, is, you know, just remember that that it, it, it'll it take time. It'll take time to become fluent in this. It'll take time. It'll take practice. Um, but it is powerful. And once you catch yourself switching it up a few times, you're going to, you're going to be like, Oh, that felt a lot better than just the if then statements. So should you forget the agreement, then this will need to happen in order for us to learn. And it's also helping your kids, you guys take responsibility for their actions. So when we use kind of the classic external fear force threats, it's all like, it's all coming from us, right? Like we're the, we're the, doomsday like you will learn because we will make you do this whereas when we use this kind of different methodology so to speak when we don't use threats all day long you help your kids understand it's just you chose that you made a mistake you forgot tomorrow's a new day yeah this is part of this is part of our family like this you i'm just a facilitator of safety i'm just keeping the rules going so we can be safe tomorrow I'm just a minister of integrity, so tomorrow you can remember better. It's not like a, you know, I'm doing this because I will teach you through whatever amount of external control method necessary that you will not get away with bloody murder. You, so I hope you guys can feel the difference and in the end start trying on that language. Should you forget the agreement, then this will happen. Wonderful. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. 
So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.